This is Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 600. And the quote of the day is, relationships are leverage. If you give value to someone else first, you have leverage. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, episode 600 of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. I can't believe that we're at episode 600 right in the beginning of the year, and we're going strong. We're uh, we're rolling into 2021. And firstly, I want to thank all of you for listening to all of these episodes over the years. I started this podcast on November 1st of 2013, have not missed an episode since so a huge shout out to Justin and Catherine and Tomas and and everyone who's listened and emailed and commented and shared it with their friends and all of that. I really, really appreciate it. All of the companies who support this podcast, it would not be possible without all of you. So me sitting in a room talking on a mic doesn't do anything if no one listens to it, no one shares it. So I really, really, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate all of the the hours you've spent listening to this podcast and there's a lot more to come because like I said, we just hit 600 and we're not stopping. So here we go. And this is part four of the bigger, better gigs course that I did last week. And this is all about leverage. And what I mean by leverage is using the gigs that you have, using the relationships that you have to build more relationships, to get more gigs and to really just up your, I don't want to say profile because I hate that word, but up your your uh, your reputation in particular circles to get gigs. So this is session four of the Bigger Better Gigs course, all about leverage. Let's get into it. Here we go. Let's get into part one. Now, there's two different mentalities and approaches to what you do after you get a gig. So you either get, you know, people get the gig that they want and then they stay there and they do this for two reasons, either because it's the gig that they want. So if you land, you know, this gig with a band in your town and that's the gig that you want, then you may be fine with that and you may stay there and there's nothing wrong with that. Or on the other side of the coin, you may just get comfortable and you may, you know, not challenge your comfort zone and you may just sort of stay in that situation and get stagnant. Or B, or is people who get the gig that they want and then use that gig as a stepping stone to get even bigger and better gigs and sort of use that as a launching pad. So we're only going to be talking about B because if you get the gig that you want and you're happy and content with that, then we don't have to talk about anything else. So we're going to concentrate on on using that uh, to get to get bigger and better. So as far as I'm concerned, there's three main parts of a gig. So there's the before, the during, and the after. And there's, for the guys that have, have been gigging for a while, you'll, you'll start to relate to a lot of this stuff as I start to go through it. But there, the before, most people do about 90 to 95% of what goes on in the before. And then it gets a little less, 40 to 50%. And these, I'm guessing at this. I'm not, this, there's no, don't hold me to this. There's no statistical data behind this. I'm just saying of, you know, 20 years of me being in this business, it, this is what, you know, this is what I see. And then the after is about 20 to 
So let's talk about let's first talk about the before. And these are the things that you should be doing before the gig. Some of this stuff you may know, some of this stuff you may already be doing, but this is I, I want this to not only be a refresher, but I also want it to be informative for some of the younger cats who are taking this course as well. So you obviously you want to advance the gig. And what we mean by advance the gig is getting all the pertinent information. Now if you're in a band, advancing the gig is something totally different. That's when you're that's when you're talking to the club and that's when you're lining up all the details beforehand. But as the musician, you want to advance the gig. So you want to know about load-in. You want to know about set times. You want to know about any pertinent information. You want to know, you know, if there's drums there, if there's not drums there. Do you got to bring cymbals? All that stuff. That's all advancing the gig. And if you do that, you're going to save yourself a lot of headache rather than assuming. So you might show up and say, oh, man, I thought there was a kit here, or I thought that, you know, I didn't know that I had to bring my own cymbals, or whatever the case may be. So this is something that you obviously want to avoid. You want to advance the gig beforehand. But another thing that I used to do with, if, if it's a club that I haven't played at before or a band that I never played with before, I always call the club for additional information for two reasons. One, because I don't want to bug the band leader or the other guys in the band asking them what may seem like trivial questions. But for me, like I want to know about parking, and I want to know about different things because I, I need to know how early i got to get there and all that stuff. And it seems kind of trivial, and it seems a little bit over the top, but I'm a professional, and I handle things in a professional way. So I want to know what's going on. I don't want to be unprepared for a situation. I don't want to get there and find out there's nine flights of steps to load in, and I brought, you know, all this gear that I don't need, or whatever the case is. So, a lot of times I'll call the club to get additional information. Uh, the third, I mean, this should have been number one, but knowing the material code. And there's so many people I know who get the material, they cram at the last minute, and then they don't know it. So, if you have the time, learn the material. And a good way to do that. Not only is getting not only getting the information from the band leader or from the artist, but also going to the other guys in the band and saying, hey, you know, do you have do you have lead sheets? Do you have music on this? Do you have recordings of it? Something like that. So that way you're putting yourself again in the best position to succeed. Number four, get there early. Most people say, oh yeah, you got to get there on time. I don't believe in that. I, I think you should get there early. Reason being, there's unforeseen circumstances, traffic, parking, whatever, and the easiest way to blow a new gig that you just got is to show up late. So you get there early, and the one thing that you'll realize is that most of the time, the leaders of the band show up early. And if you're there and they're there, that it looks very good for you. And number five, I suggest promoting the show to your friends. So if you're coming out and you're bringing five, six, 10, 15, 20 people out to the show, you're adding you're you're adding value to the situation and the band members take notice to that. So now these are some of these you're probably already doing, some of them, you know, may seem second nature to you and that's fine. This for me, I'm just reiterating this because these are all little little touch points that if we can continue to check these off the list, continue to put you in a situation where you keep getting the call and you are adding value. Now, the next part is the dooring. So this is a little bit less than, you know, than the 90%. So you're at probably about like, you know, like I said, maybe the maybe the 40-50 range. So be easy to work with and accommodating. 
so many times guys come into the gig and they have a bad attitude. They have a chip on their shoulder. You ask them, you know, hey man, do you think you can move? Because I need a little bit more room here. And they get, they, you know, they get, they get all pissed off or whatever the case may be. The easier you are to work for, the easier it is for them to make the decision to call you again, right? So you want to be easy and accommodating, and just sort of, you know, just be a team player. Yeah, man, that's cool. Yeah, sure, I can I can play over here. I can sort of be uncomfortable. Now, I'm not saying let people walk all over you, but just be accommodating, right? So the second thing is get to know the guys in the band on break. It's 2016, and you see it all the time. When the band goes on break, every single person in the band grabs their phone and starts texting, Facebooking, Instagramming. Don't be that dude. Start a conversation with the guys in the band. If you don't know the, I mean, you know, if you don't know them, Get to know the piano player. Get to know the bass player. Get to know the guitar player. This stuff is you're building relationships here. So you can't do that by sitting in the corner and you know texting your girlfriend or whatever the case may be. So the third is this is sort of like the side door approach that I used all the time is to get to know the club owners, the bouncers, and the wait staff. So while you're on break, well let me let me rewind that a little bit. If you're playing in a band that has a vertical or plays what I mean a vertical like every Wednesday or they have a residency there where they play once a month or something like that. The band leaders and the guys in the band know the staff. They just do. It's the nature of the beast. So if you're the new guy on the block and you come in and you start making friends with all these people in the club, not only can it lead to other gigs for you, but that word spreads. So anytime we would bring in a new bass player, because I, I used to play at this club the first Saturday of every, well, actually I played there the first Friday and Saturday of every month with two different bands. And if we brought in a new bass player or we brought in a new keyboard player or whatever, you know, whatever it was, if the guy was cool or the girl was cool, the word would spread. And if they weren't, the word would spread. So the bouncers or the wait staff or the owners are like, man, that guy, that guy was kind of a jerk or he didn't tip or he, you know, he was mean to this person or whatever, that word travels. So if you go on the opposite of that and you create these good relationships with the people who work at the club, these are the shot callers. These are the people that are going to let the band leader know if you were a jerk or not. So if you tip well and you're cordial and you know, you're, you're nice to everybody and you got a positive attitude, trust me, it goes a lot farther than you think. It may sound dumb, but it goes a lot farther than you think. And I mentioned this already, but like, but tip the staff. These people are the shot callers. These people are the ones who are control, in control of your reputation in that club. Sounds crazy, but totally something that you should be do, that you should be thinking about during the club. Remember, you just got hired for this gig. You're working. Your job is to be professional, but your job is also to deliver the best performance and be as professional as possible. And these are the ways that you do it, so you're delivering the entire package. Now the after. Dun, dun, dun. Here's, here's where a lot of people fall off. I think maybe 10 to 20 of, of the, 10 to 20 percent of the people who are just getting some new gigs uh, are doing this. So one of them that I used to do all the time is ask the players and the leader for feedback. So after the gig, Talk to them. Hey, man, how did, what, how did it go? What did you think? Was there anything that you would have liked me to do better? 
you know, how could I have made a groove art? Whatever, whatever it is, whatever questions you have, not necessarily like, hey man, what was the change in that third, you know, in that third tune that we played, but just some overall criticism of just say, and most of the guys are going to be like, oh man, you sounded great, don't worry about it. Most people are going to say that, but I always made it a point to say, no, 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 I appreciate the praise, but that's not helping me get any better. Please give me some, give me some feedback. And let me know how I could have made this gig better for you. And again, it sounds a little cheesy, but it goes a long way. And the guys are like, "All right, man, you know what? You kind of overplayed in, you know, in the second set, and it seemed like you were dragging a little bit." Wow. Okay. Cool. I'll work on that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Not only does it help you with your playing, but it also lets them know that you're serious as an artist. You're a professional, and you want to make it as good as you possibly can. Thank everyone. Go around, thank everybody in the band, thank the club owner if they're there, or the bouncers, or the wait staff, or the bartenders, or you know the the crew, whatever whatever level you're playing at. Be sure to thank everyone. Again, a good reputation goes far. I know so many guys who play in clubs and they're assholes. Excuse my French. And you get to the club the next day or whatever, and they're like, oh man, so and so was here last night. That guy's such a jerk. And that word spreads, and then they don't get booked and Pretty soon you're completely out of work. So again, thank the staff. Make sure that you're you're talking to, to those people, and then also let them know if you'd like to. Let them know that you'd like to play with them again. Hey man, I you know I really had an amazing time. I would love to do this again sometime. I'd love to get you on some of my gigs. I'd love to play with you again if if the opportunity ever arises. Put it out there. Put it in the universe. Let people know. Yes, I wanna I wanna be part of this. I wanna I wanna keep playing with you. Not just like Hey man, thanks. Got get the money and run. And most subs do that. They get the money. They're like, all right, man, cool. That was great. Boom, they're gone. And for me, I, I always stuck around. I thanked everybody. I made it. You know, I made sure to let everybody know. Hey man, um, I, I'm I'm professional. I want to keep doing this, and I really enjoyed the. I really enjoyed uh, playing with you. So before, during, and after. All right. Now a lot of this stuff is either second nature. A lot of this stuff is sort of what that it's sort of par for the course but I wanted to go over this because there are some young players in in this session and also a lot of this stuff may have gotten forgotten and you know if you've been doing this for 10 15 years it's easy to start to forget about those little things that add up over time to to continue to snowball into bigger things now here is where the magic happens uh, without sounding cheesy but the extra mile so all the other stuff is kind of the stuff that you should already be doing. But for me, I, w I was always the guy who went the extra mile, and this is how I really skyrocketed to get more gigs, and inevitably, like, the phone just started ringing off the hook. And this is how I really did it. So the – oh, I just went backwards somehow. Uh, yeah, so the extra mile is the follow-up. I would – call the band leader or the MD or whoever hired me for the gig, I call them the next day, hey man, I really appreciate the gig, I don't want you to think that it went unnoticed, and if you ever need me again, I would love, I would love to play with you for this gig or any other gig. And that is, it's a sign of courtesy, it's a sign of professionalism, but it's also putting it out there to say, hey man, if you need anybody, I'm available. And You'll be surprised how many times when you call and follow up and they say, oh, you know what, man, I get a gig in three weeks. It's not a lot of money, 
but I, I could really need somebody on this gig. Do you think you can do it? And that's your opportunity to be like, hell yeah, man, I'll do it. And all right, it's not a lot of money or, you know, it may be a lot of money, but if it's not, it's an investment. You're investing in the relationship. You're investing in your career. So don't look at it. Don't look at it with the short term of, oh, I'm only going to make 50 bucks on this gig. Look at it long term of, oh, I'm going to make a relationship with this person and I'm going to end up playing more gigs with them. Long term strategy, long term money, bigger gigs. The next one is hire the guys in the band to play gigs with you. So this sort of ties into session three, but also now that you're in this band, hire those guys. If you need other guys, hire the guys who reciprocate back. It's the law of reciprocity, but reversed. So now you've got the gig, hire those guys, give them the opportunity. So then they're like, oh, you know what, man? Hey, Nick's hiring me for these gigs. Yeah, let's get him back to play with us again because he got me these three other gigs too. So hire those guys. Make sure, you know, make sure to keep them at the top of your call list too because if you're not calling them for gigs, they're not they're going to stop calling you for gigs. And then also recommend those players for other gigs. So if you know that somebody's looking for a keyboard player and you just played with this killer keyboard player last night, you call them and say, "Hey man, uh, you know, my buddy John just called me. He's looking for a keyboard player. You came you came to mind. Would you want to do this gig?" So recommend them rather than you know, rather than say, oh, man, no, I don't, I don't know anyone who can do this gig. Recommend the people who you've just gotten the gig with. If you can start adding value immediately and start giving them gigs, it goes a long way. So, and then the fourth thing, what I did was, and maybe some of you may be good at this, some of you may not be, but it's a skill, but, but I used to, I owned a booking agency, so anytime I would get a gig with an artist, I would say, hey, you know, if you need help booking the gig, I can help you book the gig. So now you're you become an asset inside of this band. If you say, sure, man, I can help you. You know, I can help you book some gigs. As soon as you start booking gigs, you automatically become a bigger asset in the band, and they keep you around. Trust me. You start helping people put money in their pockets, then they definitely, definitely want to keep you around because they know that you're a go-getter, you're a hustler, and you know, you're you're part of the, the greater good, so to speak. Do you know why when you tune a drum, you're supposed to go diagonal across the drum? That's because your drum is flawed. I hate to break it to you, but your drum is flawed because of the way that the edge is. The typical edge doesn't allow the drum head to sit on it properly. So when you tighten down one lug, it causes the drum head to shift and pop up on the other side. That's why you have to tune it diagonally. But now with the new Sonicleer Edge from Mapex, that's a thing of the past. The Sonicleer Edge allows the head to sit flush. So it promotes ease of tuning, increased shell resonance, and optimal tonal clarity. So you're going to have to do a lot less work and get a lot greater sound. To learn more about the Sonicleer Edge, go to mapexdrums.com. So the fifth is become a connector and help them get other opportunities. So whether you can help them get a gig or whether you can recommend that band for another opportunity, even if you're not playing with them, chances are if you book the gig or you find an opportunity for them, they're going to hire you to play, but don't expect it. So there's been numerous occasions where people have gotten you know, gotten a gig for someone and they use their their 
their normal drummer or their normal keyboard player. Don't worry about that. It'll come back. You're putting out good. It'll come back. Trust me. But help them, you know, be, become that connector and and sort of be the the go-to person for all of that sort of stuff. And then make yourself part of the team. So think of don't think of it as like I'm going to play this gig. They're paying me money to play this gig. I'm going to collect my money and leave. Whatever. If if there's things that they need help with, if you know, at loadout, I used to a guitar player that hired me years ago. He had all this gear. And he was an older dude, and he would have to load it up himself. So I would just stick around and help him load up. Most people don't want to do that. But, you know, he still calls me for gigs, and that was 12 years ago. And why? Because I made myself part of the team. I help the bass player load in. I help the keyboard player load in. I help him, help him load out. And you know what starts to happen? Then when you pull up with a car full of drums, they start helping you. And it's just, again, law of reciprocity. So the, these are some of the extra mile things that you can keep the keep uh, keep going so that the call keeps coming in. So next, let's jump into part two. So part two is using the gigs that you have as leverage to get new gigs. So something to keep in mind: people associate with people associate you with your circle of friends. So no matter what, if you're playing at an artist, even if the artist is out of your league, even if the, everyone in the band is way better than you, you are now in that circle. You are now in that league. And people will associate you with that. You can play one gig with this person. You play one gig with Sting, and it's like, man, he played with Sting. I don't care if it was once. You're still associated in that circle as that caliber of a player. So keep that in mind when, when we're going through this. Now, you went through session one, two, and three, which was all about laying the groundwork and then the promotion side of things, getting the gig, and then now we're talking about leverage. Now, this is a recurring thing. It's a repeatable process that continues to go and go and go around and around and around. Groundwork, promotion, getting the gig leverage. Groundwork, promotion, getting the gig leverage. So how does this work? Do you remember this? I had this in the webinar. So this is sort of the, the buildup from garage band to local band to regional touring band to national touring band, right? So you have this four-part process, groundwork, promotion, getting the gig, and leverage. So what you do is you're in the you get the garage band and you start that and you did the groundwork you found people in your area you promoted you got the gig right then you leverage that and you start build it to a local band and then you build it to the regional touring band and then you build it to the national touring band and then you build it to the international touring band so all of this is just taking this process and repeating it and repeating it and repeating it so but the starting point is groundwork and then everything stems from that but when I say the groundwork or your starting point let's look at that as sort of a one right you're starting with laying the groundwork but you do it differently each time so the first time you laid the groundwork now let's let's think a little outside of the box here let's say that all right you have this gig right you have whatever gig you just landed you're now in this gig you went through all the steps, landed this gig. Now, what you want to do next is lay the groundwork, but step it up a notch. You want to start laying the groundwork for someone who is a little bit bigger than the current gig that you're playing. So if you were in a garage band 
and now you're in a local band, now you got to start making that list. So when I say groundwork, I mean literally going back to session one, doing the homework of, okay, let me start laying the groundwork again for the next tier. And then after that, you go through the whole entire process again. So you go through promotion, you go through getting that gig, then you take that gig, and now you have that, you use that as leverage to get to the next artist. So now, after you've done this three, four, five, six times, you start to look back and you say, wow, that was, that artist that I was playing with five years ago is seven tiers below where I'm at now because you constantly repeat the process over and over and over again, and every time you go one step up, repeat, one step up, repeat, one step up. So the key is that, you know, the key here, everyone tries to jump from level one to level 10, okay? But the key is that you don't want to skip the steps in between. And the reason that you don't want to skip the steps is because success is the sum of all the small efforts repeated day in and day out. So we're talking promote, we're talking groundwork, promotion, get the gig, leverage, Groundwork, promotion, get the gig, leverage, and continuing to do it every single time. Now, you can look at session one, session two, session three, and now this one, session four, and notice that there's a bunch of tiny little things that are in there, little things of like calling this person, showing up on time, adding this piece, this tiny piece of value, saying the right thing, do you know, helping them get this gig, and there's all of these little things that seem like Minutia. They seem like they're not important. They they don't translate into this bigger, this huge gig. But I want to talk about something called the compound effect. So I'm not sure if you guys have heard, if you know what the compound effect is. But it's it's let's call it something else, the snowball effect. Okay. So but there's a compound effect with money that this isn't a money thing, but I want to use this as an analogy. So there's something with the compound effect of a penny. Now, if you take a penny every single day and double it, in the beginning, it seems like nothing. You know, by day seven, you only have 64 cents. But by day 22, you have $20,971.52. By day 30, at the end of one month, you would have $5,368,709.12. That's the compound effect. So that's taking a penny every single day and doubling it. Now, how can we relate this into music? So if you take your effort and you just improve it by 1% every single day, think of how far you'll be. In a year, you'll be putting forth 365% more effort. So this compound effect for you, when you're doing all these little steps, when you're thinking, ah, I can skip that one, or I don't need to do that, I can, I, I'll just skip over that and jump to this next thing, you're going to find yourself in trouble and it's not going to be working anymore. So don't don't skip the steps and you got to put your faith in the system of doing the groundwork, doing the promotion, get the gig, leveraging it to the next step. So one of the things 
you know that that I always notice that people do is once they get a little bit of it, they'll they'll get you know they'll get a, a little bit bigger of a gig, and then all the stuff that they that got them there goes out the window, and they think that they don't need to do that anymore. So I don't want you to skip over these steps once you've landed a bigger gig, or you know like Anthony was saying, okay, he has these gigs at the Jersey Shore, he's using some of these tactics. Don't throw them out the window. Win you. Don't throw them out the window. I want you to continue to use them so that you can keep compounding this one on top of the next, one on top of the next. You do that for five years. Next thing you know, you look back and you're light years ahead of where you were. So in closing all of this, to sort of put a bow on this and to, to wrap it all up, take your time. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon, and this is something that you can just take and repeat and repeat and repeat and slowly build this into something. Don't think, don't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter twenty, please, because it's gonna all it's gonna do is make you discouraged. It's gonna make you think that it's a mountain rather than a molehill, and it's going to it's gonna stop you in your tracks before you even start. So be patient. Patience is hard, but be patient and take your time and you'll get there. Also, remember that success is like a bridge. So Nate Morton, who I interviewed, who plays on The Voice, had a really powerful statement that I'd never heard before. And he said, success is like building a bridge while you're walking across it. So you're just putting one foot in front of the other. You're putting one step, then the next, then the next, then the next. It's not this huge grandiose thing to where you're you know you take one step and then you're 80 steps ahead and then you're a thousand steps ahead and then you're 55 miles ahead it doesn't work like that it's one at a time don't neglect the small things again I mentioned this about the compound effect what seem like very very small minute details are things that are just adding up so think about all the small stuff that you want to skip just think about the compound effect and think about I'm just going to put in it's just putting another penny in the jar just another penny in the jar sort of if you think of it that way and think that it's it's snowballing then I, it'll it'll keep you moving because it's a lot easier to do one very small thing every day than to try to do this huge grandiose thing and it's not going to work anyway so don't even try it uh, define your own success too I don't I I don't want you to think that you have to be playing in front of 25,000 people to be quote unquote successful. If that's what you want, then by all means, go after it and get it because it's there and it's attainable. But don't think that if you're playing in clubs for 20 people and that's where it is for you and you love it, then that's cool too. That's your success. It doesn't matter. So I, I really discourage people from looking at other people and comparing themselves to what they're doing and if that is somewhere that you want to go then use that as motivation but don't let it knock you down don't let it put you in a situation where you feel like you're either incapable or you're inferior to that person that person has just they're they're a little bit farther down the line than you and they've put the work in and they've not neglected a lot of these small steps and the biggest thing is to take action. So all of this information that you have, you have hours of information from you know this whole this whole session and this whole series of bigger, better gigs. But if you don't take action, you're not going to achieve any of this, none of it. So it doesn't matter how good the information is. It's up to you to take all of this and to drive it home and to take massive, massive action every single day to get there. 
So that is, the for me, the biggest, most important part of this whole entire thing. This information is useless unless you take action. And I'll leave it with a quote that too much learning and not enough doing makes you a motivated under underachiever. So I encourage you to take massive action. So that wraps up session four. That wraps up Bigger, Better Gigs. And I hope that you guys got a ton of information out of these sessions. And it's been great doing this. And you guys are, are the beta class. You guys are the first people to go through this. And I, I welcome any feedback. I appreciate you being part of this, uh, this entire session. And also, I want to open it up for questions uh, as well. So if anybody has any questions, shoot me an email at nick at drummersresource.com. I'll be happy to answer any questions. Also, I'm going to send out an email to let you know about office hours. So I'll just jump on and we'll have open discussion. It'll just be a Q&A session. You can get on and ask me anything that you want that you know we can do it in person. Or you, like I said, you can email me, nick at drummersresource.com. Thank you again for being part of Bigger Better Gigs and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. All right, there you have it. That was the Bigger Better Gigs course. That was session four that we just finished all about leverage. If this is the first one that you listen to, I would recommend going back and listening to session one, two, and three, which is laying the groundwork, promotion, and getting the gig three really, really important episodes or sessions as part of this whole Bigger Better Gigs course. I'd love to hear what you thought about all this. So you can shoot me an email or hit me up on, on Instagram or Twitter. Or, or, uh, or So do that. And again, this is episode 600. So that means the world to me. I, I, I can't even explain to you what it means to me to be able to be doing this still 600 episodes later. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. Drummer's Resource is produced by Revoice Media. Executive producer Nick Ruffini, that's me, Edited by Justin Thomas, video editing by Tomas Shannon, and graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, be sure to check out revoicemedia.com.